Oh, thank you, Pastor Joy. What a pleasure. What a joy it is to be here. Just And see the blokes. You've got some blokes. Blokes are always good. Do you know, when we were doing the Mother's Day part of the service, and, and Pastor Joy said about those of you who have children who aren't working, walking with the Lord. You know, my heart just kind of went, oh, Jesus. Because I remember the days. We, we, have, we have three children. We have a daughter first, and she's just been the most wonderful. She was made in heaven for us. Then we had two sons. Well, uh, you know, they went through their teenage years and, and one of them just stayed steady and strong and, and um, he came through. But, you know, the second son, our youngest, <sighs> dear Jesus, he's a real Aussie bloke. He's got red hair and tats. And, you know, um, we grieved over him because he, he just did not want to walk with the Lord. And uh, he was just going to do his thing and do what he did. And, and, you know, we knew he wasn't happy, but he just did not want to do the church thing. He'd been a missionary's kid, and he was cheesed off that we'd left his home country, his home country, Papua New Guinea, and we'd brought him and dumped him in some foreign joint called Australia. And, and he was not happy, Jan. And uh, so... Um, you know, he, he went off and did his thing. And one, one night, I was in the back blocks of Australia and uh, in a big tent, very large tent, doing crusades. Now, I'm not primarily an evangelist, but you just do stuff. You know what I mean? And um, so this particular night, I was preaching in this tent. And um, unusually, a lot of men came forward for salvation, farmers and... And um, so one by one, I prayed over these men. And the guy who was running the crusades came to me and he said, you missed one. There's a bloke standing kind of in the shadows down the far end. And I said, oh, okay. So I walked towards this man. And as I walked, I actually dropped the microphone because he was my red-headed son stepping out of the shadows. To come to Christ. Wow. Well, do you know I didn't need another Mother's Day present? That was it forever? Oh, I still get them. Just in case my kids listen to the CD or something. <laughs> but my heart went out to you because now that youngest son of ours is leading with his wonderful wife. He's leading the young people in our church and, um, and just seeing kids come to Christ and, and so forth. So I tell you this. He doesn't mind me sharing this with you. But I tell you so that you might be encouraged because it's heartbreaking for people who love the Lord and have cried out for their kids and, and done all the stuff to find that one of them <laughs> decides, I want to be the black sheep. I'm off. And, and the grief that that can leave you with. So today, I just want to pray with those whose children uh, perhaps are not walking with Jesus. And for you, it's a grief. 
and you've prayed for them and you've thought, I don't think they'll ever come in. Trust me, they will come in. They will come in. They will come in and at an unexpected moment, they'll come and they'll bow the knee to Christ. So I wonder if those of you whose children are not walking with the Lord, if you'd just be humble enough to just stand. Because I want to pray a prayer. We want to call your kids. We want to call them into the kingdom of God and into their destiny and into the place that the Lord has reserved and marked out for them. And, and you know, it's, it's, it, it, there's, it, sometimes we can feel a little bit kind of embarrassed or ashamed that our kids aren't walking with the Lord. Well, I want to tell you that God put Adam and Eve in the perfect environment and gave them the perfect father and they blew it. It's called humanity. That's why we needed Jesus. So I, I just want to, I, I wish I could just scoop you all up in my arms and love on you and say, ah, your children will come. They will come. What, what looks impossible, they will come. So just lift your hands to the Lord. And as you do, lift them up. Lift them up in your hands. Lift them up to the Lord. Jesus. Jesus, we today, we lift up those of our loved ones, our sons and our daughters who are walking in a camp where they don't belong. And we call out to them today in the spirit. We call out to them today and we say, come home. Come home. Come back. Come to the foot of the cross. Come to the place of your destiny. Come back home. Lord, I ask that right now that you would speak to them wherever they are, whatever they are doing, whoever they are with, wherever they are traveling, where they are sitting, standing or walking, at this very moment in time, Lord, would you speak to them? Would you cause them to reflect? And in the reflection, call them into your kingdom. Lord, we ask for it. We see it. We speak it out in the name of Jesus. And we give you thanks. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Oh, <laughs> This place is kind of loaded a bit with the Holy Ghost. I get up here and my legs go. <laughs> it's a good thing. It's a good thing. Praise God. Well, just been asked to mention these couple of books that I brought with me. One is called Sons of Thunder. Um, yeah, it was the name that the Lord gave to me for the people of Bougainville that we've been ministering with for quite some time. Um, I was going to... Um, uh, called this book Bravo Bougainville. And my daughter said to me, it sounds like a musical, Mum, you better scrap that. 
And uh, so I, I had, a, had a dream. And uh, I just saw the words come up before me, Sons of Thunder. And so I called it Sons of Thunder. And when I took this book up to them, they said to me, why did you call the book Sons of Thunder? And I said, well, because I had a dream. And, uh, and that's what I saw in the dream. And they, I didn't think it was, you know, that complimentary. But here was the thing. Um, they said, well, if you have a dream, it's from God. And so that must be what God calls us. And so they're preening themselves, thinking the Almighty has designated them sons of thunder. So it's just, it's a book of the last 10 years of our coming and going from a pretty wild and wacky place. Some of the stories I have shared with the women over the last couple of days, but these guys do wacky things like raise the dead and walk on water and scary stuff. And uh, so I've kind of just put it all in that, in that book. This other little one that I brought with me, and did you know, it, it, it just kind of emerged because I wanted to help some of the kids in our church understand a little bit about the Bible because I think some of them thought that God just threw it through the ozone hole or something and it landed on the planet. And uh, so I just wanted to give them a little bit of an understanding of how the scripture works. So I, I, I wrote just very simple stuff in a book and found that most of the adults in the church wanted it more than the kids did. So anyway, um, you may enjoy that. There's two other books that I've been asked to send over, uh, both of which are in the process of going through the printers now. So I'll send them as well, and you can find out about that uh, up the back later on. Ho, shaka. Excuse me. I'm still getting over the Mother Day thing. So I'll just sniffle all the way through. Is that okay? Praise God. Well, Jesus, we just come to you and to your word. We thank you for your word, Lord. It's so precious, so powerful. It's sharp. It's meaningful. It's anointed. I just ask that you would open your word today and minister to souls and minister to the church corporate and let this word just get out into the city and be an influence for good and for God. Lord, we thank you and we give you praise. Amen. I love the local church. I love any local church. I love my own local church, of course, but I love the local church because it's the most precious and most significant place in the whole city. It gives God access to your city. It's a powerful place. It impacts far and wide, much further than we realize. And, 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 and people are influenced by a local church even though they don't know it. They may not even know you exist. But your influence goes out across the wall into the city and into the nations of the earth. And you're a church that loves to go to the nations. And I love the nations. You know, a church has a destiny and a call, corporately, just like individuals have a destiny and a call. And, and I love the call and the destiny on this church because I've felt it and I've tasted it and I've breathed it and I've been influenced by it since I've been here. I, I love the, your DNA here. 
And you know, churches go through times of confrontation and difficulty the same as we do in our everyday personal walk. He takes us on a pilgrimage and he takes us past certain points and certain places and certain events that are meant to refine us and hone us. So today as I bring you this word, it may apply to you personally, to your family, or it may apply to the whole church. But I just want to share with you for the next half hour. So if you lend me your ear. When I say that in church, all my church goes. If you would turn with me, please, to Judges chapter 14. There's an amazing story here about Samson. And if we had time today, which we don't, but if we did, you can read it the whole thing through on your own. But this story's got everything in it. It's got a lion, a witch, and a wardrobe. It just does. You can see it there. It's as plain as the nose on your face. So I think C.S. Lewis stole it from here. Hey, so let's start reading verse 1. Samson went down to Tinmar and saw there a young Philistine woman. And when he returned, he said to his father and mother, I have seen a Philistine woman in Tinmar. And now get her for me as a wife. His father and mother replied, Hey, isn't there an acceptable woman? among your relatives, and among all our people? Must you go to those uncircumcised Philistines to get a wife? But Samson said to his father, Get her for me. (laughs) She's the right one for me. His his parents did not know that this was from the Lord, who was seeking an occasion to, to confront the Philistines, for at that time they were ruling over Israel. Here's a guy, he's on his way to Timnah. And the word Timnah means a portion that the Lord has weighed out for me. So here's Samson on his way to the portion that the Lord weighed out for him. He's on his way to destiny, pretty much like you and me, really. We're on pilgrimage as a church. We're on pilgrimage as individuals. And we're on our way to the destiny and to the portion that the Lord has weighed out for us. And here's the trip. Mostly our portion is much bigger than what we ever dreamed it would be. Your portion is bigger than what you think it is. But here he is on his way uh, to the portion. And and the scripture says that uh, his father and mother were not too happy about this. He's going down to the Philistine camp. And his father and mother are just not very happy. And and he says, look, just get her for me, will you? Just get her. Because it was in the days when the fathers had to go and sort this out. Wouldn't you hate that, young people? 
So some dad said hallelujah. Just, just, just get it for me. And, and, and the scripture says that his parents did not know that this was from the Lord who was seeking an occasion to confront the Philistines. Parents, sometimes, like we just prayed, our kids are out doing stuff with the blooming Philistines, uncircumcised mob that they are. Well, listen, sometimes God's got a plan that you don't know about. It may not be his purpose for them to be there, but he will take that thing and he will shift it around and he will make it happen. Do you know my son now has got the respect of all the druggies and all the ratbag kids on the street because he looks really tough. In actual fact, he's a teddy bear on the inside. But you see, the parents did not understand that the Lord had a plan, that the Lord was in this, and that the Lord was seeking an occasion to confront the enemy. Sounds nice, doesn't it? God is going to seek an occasion to confront the enemy. Listen, God was going to pick a fight. That's what he was going to do. He's going to pick a fight. And, and often, God picks a fight because he gets ticked off when his children are in bondage. And at this time, his people were in bondage to the Philistines. If we could step back as parents, just step back. It's hard to step back when you're in the midst of the yogurt. It's hard to step back. But you know, if we could step back, for a little while, and we could just see the purposes of God and see that the Lord has a purpose in this and that, it, in, in that as the time and events pass, the very place that you didn't want your kids to be and they were there, he's going to take that and he's going to use that to smack the enemy around because he's looking for an occasion to confront the Philistines. Hallelujah. See, God is actually wanting to confront our enemies. Well, they're on their way. And it says, Samson went down to Timnah together with his father and mother. And as they approached the vineyards of Timnah, suddenly a young lion came roaring towards him. Suddenly a young lion. Now that's a suddenly. That's a suddenly. A young lion comes roaring towards him. See, unexpectedly, when sometimes we're just going about life, going to the portion that the Lord has weighed out for us, we find ourselves eyeballing a lion that just came out of the bushes. Something comes from left field that we would never have anticipated. It's a suddenly. It's a stinking roaring lion with a rotten breath. And he's eyeballing you and looking you in the face. <sighs> Listen, 1 Peter 5, 8 talks about the lion. It says, be alert. Be alert. 
world needs more alerts. Be alert. Be vigilant. For your adversary goes about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Well, you know, I thought that that meant that, that he would rip you apart, that he would devour you. But the word devour, it actually means to drink, to lick, or to slurp up. Like when you're having a malted at Macca's. To, to, to drink, uh, to lick on, or to slurp up. Now listen to me. How, how the roar of a lion is talking about a roaring lion. The roar of the lion is designed. To turn you into a mess of liquid emotions and then slurp you up till there's nothing left of you. The roar of the lion is meant to intimidate you and cause you to back off and melt you down emotionally till there's nothing left and then he can just slurp you out and spit out the lumps. Anybody ever had a suddenly from a lion roaring out from the bushes? Hey. See, let me tell you when you are most likely to hear the roar of the lion. It's when you're on your way to Timnah, when destiny is happening. When you're about to go to the portion that the Lord has weighed out for you, that's when the lion is most likely to roar at you. Hey. Because I tell you something, you need to qualify for the portion that's weighed out. And, and, and having the lion roar and dealing with the roar of the lion actually qualifies you for that portion that you're going to. Wish I had better news for you today. Hey. So it's not always a bad thing to have the lion roar at you. Sometimes it can be a confirmation you're on the right track, especially if you deal with it like Samson did. Of course, there's other times when the, the lion roars at you, and that's when you've been separated from the pack. Have you watched the documentaries? You know, if you start to lag behind and isolate yourself and get a bit separated from the pack... Here's Bambi bouncing along and doing its thing. And there's a lion in the long grass just waiting. Can't wait to get on to Bambi who's just, you know, out away from the bunch. So the, the lion will do more than roar at you if you let yourself get into that place. Let's go back to our story. Verse 6. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him in power so that he tore the lion apart with his bare hands as he might have torn a young goat. Well, that'd be pretty hard too, I should think. But he told neither his father nor mother what he had done. Then he went down and talked with the woman and he liked her. The Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord, came upon him. Church, we, you know, it's awesome when the Spirit of the Lord comes upon us and we sense that anointing and we, 
But you know what? For, we live in a day when the Spirit of the Lord is forever flowing out of us. And when the suddenly comes, and when the unexpected comes, and when the roar of the lion that's going to melt you down emotionally comes against you, when you thought you were heading straight to destiny, straight to success, and the business was booming, and the marriage was great, and the kids were doing fine, and then suddenly... Hey. When fear roared against you, the Spirit of the Lord. When intimidation came against you, the Spirit of the Lord. When you were in the wilderness, the Spirit of the Lord. When death roared, when loss roared, when insecurity and poverty roared against you, the Spirit of the Lord rises up. You will not melt me down to an emotional mess and slurp me up because I'm on my way to Timna, you sorry-looking thing. And when it's all said and done, you can stand up and look at the devil and say, so is that it? Is that all you got? Because I'm still standing, you sorry-looking thing. We got church... We got guts. I don't know if you're allowed to say that here in New Zealand. We got a lot of courage in us. Because the Spirit of the Lord makes all the difference. We are not normal, natural. We are supernatural. We are empowered. We are significant people who know how to handle it when the roar of the lion comes, even though it is a fearful thing and... But the Spirit of the Lord, it says, came upon him. And he stood, hey, and he stood his ground. <sighs> Sometime later, when he went back to marry this Philistine woman, he turned aside uh, to look at the lion's carcass. In it was a swarm of bees and some honey which he scooped out with his hands and he ate as he went along. And when he rejoined his parents, he gave them some and they ate too. But he did not tell them that he had taken the honey from the lion's carcass. There was a reason for that because he ought not to have been around a dead body, but we're not going there today. Listen, an engagement in these days for about, was for about 12 months. So he goes down, checks out the chick, thinks, yeah, I like her, she's all right. Well, I'll be back, sweetheart. Twelve months later, he goes back on the same road. He comes to the same area where the lion roared. And he goes in and he checks out and he sees the carcass, just a pile of white bones. But the bees had been busy in there. And so he puts his hand in and he pulls out the honey take some to mum and dad and they eat and they enjoy. See, that which you conquer becomes nothing but a pile of white bones that can do you no harm. Out of the most traumatic times of your life, not only is that, does that become a source of supply to you, 
But you can say to others, here, eat of it. His parents did not understand what was going on. But along the way, he's now giving to them a source of supply. You see, as we, as we go through the trauma, as we're ferreting our way through to find our destiny, and we go through the trauma and through the hard, hard yards, and, and we have to slay the lion, that very place where we slayed the lion now becomes our source of supply. Not just for ourselves, but for others. Anyone who has ever ministered to you or brought sustenance and life to you has it sometimes put their hand in the lion that they slew and drew out something of sweetness and of substance and brought honey to you. That's how it happened. And out of your life, out of those suddenlies and the roaring of the lion, out of those times, you begin to minister. And God defeats the enemy. See, sometimes when you are in the process of slaying your lion, it doesn't look too pretty. I love the word of faith teaching because they're always conquering. And how are you today? Well, I'm just great. Bless Jesus. And it's a good positive confession and more power to it. But you know, sometimes we just got to go, well, really, I'm in pretty deep yogurt today. And I need some prayer. I need some help. But you know, sometimes when we're going through the process of slaying our lion, it doesn't look too pretty. You're busy paying the price. You're actually quite a mess. It's not that at that time that you should try to feed others. Because if you put your hand in the whole thing too soon, instead of bringing out honey, you might just bring out a handful of maggots or something. You can't extract honey while you're slaying your lion. You can't extract honey when the lion is still roaring at you and making a sound. You get past the place of conflict to harvest honey. Does this apply to anyone? You get past the place of conflict. Conflict doesn't stay forever. Life moves on. The pain doesn't stay forever. God moves it on. It's a season. And you get past the place of conflict. And then you harvest the honey from what you thought was the most traumatic time of your life. And with that, you feed others. Therein is the victory of our faith. Therein is the victory. See, see, blessings. I love blessings. I'm just really a happy little sanguine. I had no intention of ever being an apostle. That's the first time I've ever called myself one. Jesus, just scrub that. Oh God. I, had, I just wanted to just, you know, I was just a happy little sanguine. And that's all I wanted to ever do, just jump around with Jesus and love the word. And... But bit by bit, God takes you through the process. Till you find yourself 97, not out. And there's a few lions that you met along the way. 
harvested some honey, got a bit bitten, bit beaten up. But then God uses these things, church. God's using your kids that are out there now. He's got a plan. He's got a plan. You need to pray into the plan, not into the fear of where they are. Pray into the plan of what he's got for them, not into the fear of their current situation because blessings give you breadth. Confrontation gives you death. And we all want the blessing. Because it's like, I've got to do stuff. We've been talking this weekend about carriers of the glory. And if we can't, if we can't carry weight, do you think God's going to put weight on some little flossy floozy who's got a pink handbag and whatever else that we think we've got to have, girls? Shakima, I think I just said the wrong thing. Bashilima. He wants us to be able to carry some weight and some grunts so that we can be as effective in the kingdom. Effective in the kingdom. Time flies when you're having fun. Well, look, there's more. There's so much more in this chapter. It's, you'll find the witch and the wardrobe in there. The witch was the wife who, who cried so much that that uh, the, the riddle that Samson gave at the wedding, uh, she kind of betrayed him and he had to buy 30 garments of clothes. There's your wardrobe. And so... And, and so... Um, yay. Um, I'm just jumping over a lot of stuff here. But he didn't have the 30 garments, so it's easy to get them. You just go out and knock off 30 Philistines and rip their clothes off them. He could have gone to Vinnie's. I don't know if you have that over here, but could have gone to the the op shop or something and got them cheap, but he just killed the Philistines and took their wardrobe. And what a wedding it turned out to be. What an amazing wedding. The best man ends up marrying the wife Look, I tell you what, Hollywood, eat your heart out. <laughs> Samson repents a bit later, goes back for the wife, and she's nowhere to be found. She's married to his best man. I mean, cop that. Mm. See, when I, I've just skipped over that. Read the rest of it when you go home. Because it's Mother's Day, and I know you want to get out to lunch, don't you? When there's a divine confrontation in your life, God is setting you up for promotion. For prom- Everybody say the word promotion. Promotion. But sometimes the way up is the way down. And he is establishing in our lives a foundation that will support the next surge forward. He's getting rid of the idols that clutter our progress. And he's filling us up with the word. Listen. When God asked Abraham to sacrifice his son Isaac, do you think God wanted Isaac? Uh Uh-uh. God wanted Abraham's heart. That's what he was after. That's what he's after with us, with our children. And we have to make the sacrifice. He's not after your kids. He's not taking your kids. He's after your heart. He 
He's after you. God is always after your heart. And as we slay the, the, the lion, the work of the Spirit is expanded on, in us. And he uses that to lead us into victory because he has a portion that is weighed out for us and he wants us to be able to receive it. And in this, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Church, this week we've oscillated between being talking about being powerful in the spirit and carriers of the anointing and then the personal work that God does in the depths of us to enable us to carry this stuff. And it's almost like we're schizophrenic where, yes, praise God. Oh, my God, there's a lion. Oh. Oh. And we have, we have this lifestyle of praise and worship and exciting things and moving in the spirit and chucking out devils. I love chucking out devils. It's my favorite hobby. And, and, and we have this. And then unexpectedly, from nowhere, the lion roars. And, and we feel ourselves being melted down. But you know what? The two come together. The two come together. The power and the trials. The power and the trials. The testing. And the anointing, the prophetic word that comes out over your life while you're on your way to Timnah, it is a divine invitation to come up higher. That's what a prophetic word is. It's a divine invitation. Come on up a little higher. And the prophetic word over your life will test you. I used to go to prophetic conferences and what a word, what a word, what a word. Now I sit in the back seat and think, Jesus... I don't want a word. I don't want a word. Jesus, this is scary. Because I've learned that the prophetic word will test you. And it's God offering you a divine invitation to come into something that you never thought was possible. And he's inviting you to Timnah. He's inviting you to the place that, where there's a portion weighed out for you. Whatever your portion is, it may be business. It may be government. It may be an education. It may be an entertainment. There are mountains for us to conquer. And it may be on any one of these things, but each and every one has the same process where there's a destiny and there's a call and there's a testing because it's the testing that qualifies you For Timna, that which has been weighed out for you. Hallelujah. Shaka. I'm not sure of the time. I, I think it might be gone. Master Tia. Yeah, there's a clock. You're very gracious with where you put your clock, Pastor. I couldn't find it. We have won a great right there. Nobody takes any notice of it, but there it is. And so I've gone five minutes over. I apologize. Should, could we all stand together and we'll just pray? We're going to ask the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you for this church. I bless this church. I bless the effectiveness of this church in this city.
I thank you for the branches of this church that sneak over the wall and out into the businesses and, and into the courthouses and into the schools. And there's an influence for godliness. And there's an influence for good and for the kingdom of God that comes from the heart of this church. I thank you that this church is a place of access for angels to, to ascend and descend. I thank you, Lord, for the destiny of this church. I thank you that it's on its way to Timnah. And though the lion has roared and will roar again, that there is nothing, there is nothing that can defeat you for the blood of Jesus is your conqueror. Lord, I just bless today. Bless mums today. Bless the mothers, Lord. Bless the joyful ones and the ones in pain. Let it be a wonderful day. Father, receive our praise and our worship and our adoration for who you are and the way you lead our life and for the portion that is ours on this earth until we meet you face to face in eternity and give you praise forevermore. We say thank you, Lord. Amen. And amen. Amen.